Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, podcast 145. This podcast will be a little bit different in that I'm going totally off the cuff, as it were. Normally, I make notes about what I want to talk about and sort of have like an outline in my notes and a few sentences of rambling on each point. But this time, partly because I've been super depressed and partly because I really don't have anything going on, I decided to talk about something I talked about in a post, and I have no notes at all. So I'm going sort of totally off the top of my head about it. And that's all I have. I am still sort of recovering from missing two weeks of work at the end of the year because my work closes. So that's, you know, an entire paycheck I don't get. So I don't have the money to go to either of the movies that come out this week. So I'll talk about one or both of them probably next week. Depends on what the reviews say about them. But I just have the one topic for this time, probably. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. So as I mentioned, this topic is basically just off the top of my head from what I can remember about what I discussed in a post. The post and subject in question came about due to a new Kickstarter project. It is done by Brad McQuaid, the person who thought up and designed the original EverQuest and I believe a few of the early expansions. The new Kickstarter is for a project called Pantheon. It has a subtitle. I forget what the subtitle is. But basically, it looks like he's trying to resurrect all of the core ideas he had in EverQuest. And I suppose there's nothing inherently wrong with that. The subject of do people really want, you know, a game that is basically 15 years old, just redone, is sort of an entirely different topic. But the big thing that came up that I posted about and that I'm really, really, really hesitant about this project for, and many other MMO projects, which I think I've kind of touched on before in previous podcasts, is that this game is targeting a box price. It's not a retail box from my understanding, but it is, you know, you have to pay for basically what would be a boxed product. Probably, I would guess, a minimum of 40 to 50 bucks. and a traditional subscription fee, which again, I I don't have a figure for, none was stated, but I would guess they're probably going to target around the average, which is $12 to $15 a month. And my reason for being very, very hesitant about the project is pretty much just based on that. If you think about it, for your first three months of play, that's probably going to be about 75 bucks. If you expand that out to even just six months, you're looking at $125. Most gamers don't have a lot of money these days, and there are a lot of games fighting for gamers' attention. While it's true there are a much smaller number of MMO games, 
people pretty much tend to only subscribe to one or maybe two MMOs at a time. The survival rate for MMOs, which have a subscription, has rapidly declined in the recent years. As I think I predicted on my podcast, Star Wars The Old Republic had to drop to -to free-to-play very quickly. I think it was... I predicted, I think, like a year, and it wasn't too much longer than that before they went into free-to-play. The Secret World was kind of a shock. I knew it probably wasn't going to hold on very long, but it similarly also had to drop free-to-play. I was guessing, I think, six months to a year on that one as well, but I I think it took them a little bit longer than that before they had to go free-to-play. But even Rift, which was considered reasonably successful, eventually, I think after a few years, also had to go free-to-play. Some games, like Neverwinter and Guild Wars 2, do not have subscriptions, and they never did. Neverwinter was free to download and free to play, and Guild Wars 2 had a simple box purchase, and then that was it. You didn't have to pay for a monthly subscription. Now, part of my ramblings on this and why this is kind of important to consider sort of goes back to the origin of massively multiplayer online games, all the way back to about 1999, when EverQuest first launched. Back in the day, and a little bit before that, we were in the pay-to-play time period in terms of the internet and gaming. Consoles were around, and they had pretty much short games, but very hardcore games. You'd typically finish them in 5 or maybe 10 hours of play. A lot of them were designed to be sort of arcade in nature, so you'd pretty much play it over and over and over. But in terms of content, you know, it only had maybe half an hour worth of real content. The big groundbreaking things were happening in PC with things like Ultima Online and America Online's original Neverwinter game. And this game that not a whole lot of people played, but it was another online game called Meridian 59. I think it was a little bit before EverQuest came out. I think Ultima Online and I think Meridian 59 both adopted the monthly subscription fee. You no longer had to worry about things like, you know, America Online was charging, I think it was like 20 bucks a month for the base package and you got four hours of online time total. You didn't have to worry about, you know, your online time anymore with this monthly subscription fee. You'd pay... I think it was about 15 bucks was the starting fees. You could buy more than one month at a time to get it, you know, a little bit lower. I think back in those early days, I would buy it three months at a time, and it was like 10 bucks a month for EverQuest 1. So when EverQuest 1 came around, it had that monthly fee, and people were really kind of okay with it. These games, particularly EverQuest, had so much more content and so much more going on in terms of how much you were paying for the game compared to, you know, hours of entertainment value, it was a really, really good deal, and in some cases quite a bargain compared to the standard console game or PC game of the day. Because EverQuest was really the first big game where people started coming in and they would spend, you know, four hours a night, five hours a night, you know, 12 plus hours on a weekend, and it really started the whole massively multiplayer online thing. Before then, you know, you were talking about small numbers of people, like, you know, 500 people or less per server. So back in the day, it was 
absolutely worth it to pay a box fee plus a monthly subscription because you were getting all of this content. You were getting access to this whole new genre, which didn't really exist before then. Ultima Online was pretty much a a 2D sprite-based game, and Meridian 59 was sort of a hybrid between 2D and 3D. If I recall, the world was 3D and the characters were flat 2D. Anyways, it's kind of a, a side point. But EverQuest sort of started this whole new world and this whole new look at at gaming, you know, as, you know, a cost per hour kind of thing. You're getting this really good deal. You're paying a small fee for, you know, an enormous amount of content and time you can spend in this totally different world. And so people were happy paying a subscription fee. I think it was about six months after the launch of EverQuest that Ashron's Call came out, and it had a different sort of skill system, and it appealed to a lot of the same players. There were a few differences between the games. I remember a friend tried to get me into it, and I wasn't really into it, especially since, you know, I'd been playing EverQuest for like six months. But still, you know, even in those early days, those two games were pretty much it. If you wanted to pick up a different game, Like I said, you were looking at 5, maybe 10 hours, maybe 15 hours of entertainment. Unless you got something like a gold box D&D game, which had, you know, tons and tons and tons of playtime. Those would run 20-ish hours, I think, to complete. But from what I call, you know, the average game was 5, maybe 10 to 15 hours. So like I said, in terms of cost per hour, you know, the MMOs were the way to go. And they really were a good value. So now, you know, many, many years later, 15 years later-ish, looking at something that has a box price plus a subscription fee, you know, you have to look at it a little bit differently. There are a lot of MMOs at pretty much any given time. And, you know, also at any given time, there are a lot of MMOs in development. Right now, I can think of about four off the top of my head that are in development. So that's a lot of MMOs that are coming up, you know, in in the near future. So, uh, all of this big, long explanation up front. The post pretty much discussed the point that I really don't think a box fee plus monthly subscription is going to be acceptable, I guess I could say, by the gaming community. Because those conditions that sort of made that perfect storm don't exist anymore. I would say there are really kind of only two groups of people that are in favor of a box price plus monthly subscription model. And those two groups of people, even added together, are a very small number, I would say, of the total population of players. The first group of people, I would say, fit into that first category that I spent you know, a lot of time just rambling about, who do feel that you know the value per hour and the amount of content you get is substantial. While that's, you know, totally up to them to decide how much content is there and whether it's substantial or not, I would point to the fact that most MMOs that come out these days don't have a lot of content. They do burn out very quickly on content. There's not really a lot there. Most of the players can finish within even just a couple of months in some cases. And even though, you know, you are looking at a much larger amount of time, in many of these cases, you're looking at maybe about 50 to 75 total hours before you burn out of all the content, basically. 
So even if you just look at, say, you know, three months of playtime, that's, you know, 75 bucks to burn out on, you know, basically 50 hours of content. That's quite a lot of money. While it's true, a lot of single-player or offline games don't have that much playtime. You know, some are short. They only last 5 or 10 hours. But the average playtime is probably about 15 to 25 play hours, I'd say. And it costs, you know, half as much as you'd spend on an MMO. Or in some cases, much, much less. If you, you know, get a rental or you get something that's a little bit older. You know, like I picked up Far Cry 3. And that's, I don't know, I guess that's like over a year old. But I paid like 10 bucks for it. And again, you know, you look at something like Star Wars The Old Republic or The Secret World, you know, the two most recent MMOs to sort of have a box plus monthly subscription fee, which crashed pretty quickly. You know, most of those players left by three to six months in. So that right there tells people, you know, there isn't enough content in MMOs anymore. It's not like the early days where there was, you know, a lot of content people had you know, a lot to do. And again, you know, there are so many MMOs out there, people can hop from one to the other. They don't need to stick around in one specific spot anymore. So demanding that kind of commitment from players, I think is really a mistake these days. Really, you can't ignore the giant elephant in the room of World of Warcraft. They've got so many expansions and just ridiculous amounts of content. Sure, it's got a higher... Entry cost, I guess you could say, because you have to buy, you know, all of those expansions and stuff. I think most of them are pretty cheap, though, these days. But in terms of, you know, am I going to pay 15 bucks a month for content? And you, you can't deny that World of Warcraft has way, 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 way more content than these other people who are just coming out. So I really think, you know, for that reason alone, it's kind of silly for developers to consider... You know, we're going to have a box fee plus a monthly subscription, and those are going to cost, you know, just as much as everybody else used to. I really think that's not going to work. The only other group of people I could think of who would prefer a box price plus monthly subscription fee are sort of what I would call, I guess, elitists who want to be sort of in this exclusive club. And they know, you know, yes, we are paying this ridiculous amount for this amount of content because we want this barrier to keep everybody else out who isn't seriously committed to it. And let's be honest with ourselves, those kind of people are going to be a ridiculously small number of people. You know, that core audience for any game is going to be really, really, really small. If any game wants to hope to survive these days, I really don't think you can survive on that small of an audience. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in the case of games like Pantheon, which are, you know, just a very small development team and they're going for very low cost in terms of development, you know, maybe they can survive on that small of an audience. But I don't know. That kind of game has come up before. Brad McQuaid did have a sort of second chance with Vanguard. I don't remember when that came out. It was a few years ago now. But Vanguard quickly crashed and burned because it didn't have enough content. It didn't have enough ease of access. It was targeting just that, you know, hardcore old school group of players who wanted this, you know, certain exact kind of game. And here he is, you know, trying to reproduce that experience a third time. 
I really question if that group is still going to be interested enough, you know, in terms of numbers, because he just had his second chance and there wasn't enough people to support it. So again, sure, maybe it's because, you know, development costs were different. But I don't know, maybe this is just a bunch of rambling and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But with basically all of the recent MMOs that have come out failing and having to go free to play, I think it's really a huge mistake for developers to even consider it. I think everyone should be considering either very, very low cost, like 25 bucks for initial entry, and then have no subscription. Have stuff which is, you know, microtransaction and optional. And then you give players an option to support you. Also, as sort of proof of this, after I had made the post about this, I think it's about almost a week ago now, IGN had an article pretty much talking about this exact same topic. They had some stats. I I don't recall the stats off the top of my head. I will link the article in the show notes for those interested in reading it. But it basically said when D&D Online went free-to-play, their number of subscribers and the activity level, you know, in terms of how often people were logging in, both increased. I think they said it was something like 30%. So they were actually making, you know, more money by being free-to-play and having optional purchase choices for players instead of, you know, a required subscription. And their other reference was, you know, the recent change of the secret world from box and subscription to free to play and i think their number was something like the activity level went up like 400%. So it was a massive increase in number of players who were interested. So maybe it's just me getting old and thinking, you know, things are not the way they used to be and looking at how things are now, but i really think it's not in the best interest of developers to look at, you know, a box fee plus monthly subscription model, I just don't think it's going to work. I guess we'll find out soon enough. A few games are in development that are coming out soonish. I think the first in line is Wildstar, and they're going to have, you know, a traditional box fee plus a monthly subscription. They will be the most interesting to see what happens because they're going to have an online auction house, and people who buy stuff on the auction house will pay for it in in in-game currency. And for the first time ever in a game, people can use that in-game currency to reduce their monthly subscription cost. So they might be able to hang on to it a little bit longer than normal. Like I said, it will be really interesting to see. Elder Scrolls Online is coming, I think, soonish. Pretty sure it's after Worldstar. And they're also going for a traditional box plus monthly subscription fee. I think they're going to fail horribly. Like I said, I've recorded my rambling for the beta weekend that I was in. I can't post it yet, as far as I know. But let's just say I don't see anybody paying the box fee and the subscriptions for that one. I give it maybe six months before they're looking at some serious hemorrhaging in subscriptions. So I don't know. I guess if Wildstar and Elder Scrolls Online are accepted and become popular... And we could see if I am totally wrong on this. But I think both are going to fall on their face and have to go free-to-play very quickly. And I think I'm right in that players simply don't want an old-school box fee plus monthly subscription. I think developers would be much smarter looking at alternatives, like you know something like ArenaNet did with Guild Wars 2, where it's just the box fee. Or maybe even have no box fee, 
and have an optional monthly subscription, like, you know, a VIP package that gets you extra stuff. I really think they need to look at alternate methods. I don't think it's the way to go. And, you know, I'll be honest and say I think anybody who considers this as the correct path is talking crazy talk. And I think they will fall on their face pretty hard. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. I will happily admit if I'm wrong, but I'll be very surprised. So news for this week is pretty much the same. In gaming news, Hearthstone, which I've talked about before on the podcast, is now in open beta. So if you've been looking forward to that, you can check it out. Go to the website and there's a big shiny button at the top of the page that says something like play now. I believe you can also go to the Battle.net account management page and go to your games tab and just pull it down from there. You will need the new... Battle.net desktop app if you don't have it, so you'll have to grab that first. I think it's pretty cool. I like that. As regular listeners might note, I haven't talked about Hearthstone in a while. I do still love it quite a bit, but there is a real lot of randomization that kind of puts me off from it. It makes it kind of a lot more random than I would like a card game to be. You know, I love it, and I'll stick with it, and in time, you know, they could smooth that out. And if not, I guess I'll find something else. In movies, Knights of Badastum and I, Frankenstein are both out, and Robocop is due out on February 12th. And that's it for the news. So that's it for this Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. Hopefully everybody had a good time. I've been really super sad lately. Partly because of money. Partly because, you know, the holidays are still closing. And so there's, you know, a lot of holiday feelings that come up still. Mostly, though, the internet where I play from has gotten really, really incredibly unstable. I can't play any games at all online, period. It's like I can't even get through one game anymore. And the Hearthstone games only take like 5 or 10 minutes to play. So that's pretty ridiculous. I'm going to have to probably consider going somewhere else. At least a few times a week to play my games. I went to a pizza place last night, got some pizza, and they have wireless there. So I played for a bit. I am actually so not used to playing without interruptions anymore that it was weird. I played for, I think it was like two hours. I didn't disconnect at all. I didn't lag. It was 
basically just like the old days at the coffee shop I stay at. But the coffee shop has been getting progressively worse over the past, like, month. But I guess I've gotten so used to the interruptions and disconnects that it just felt really weird to be able to play without getting interrupted. So that's, you know, another part of my being sad is, you know, I can't just play games, you know, like a normal person. Everything is interrupted or legs. Or, you know, I have to do something like consider going to a completely different place that I normally don't go to. Which, like I said, I guess I'll have to work into my routine somehow if I want to, you know, keep playing. Because with it being already a month or so, it doesn't look like they're going to fix it anytime soon. Seems like this keeps happening. I find a good spot and then the internet goes bad and I have to find somewhere else. So I don't know. That's very horribly sad. It's like, you know, I had just gotten to the point where I was having, you know, a reasonably okay time. I had the games. I just gotten PlayStation 4 and I was taking that in and considering, you know, should I bring it in and, you know, spend more time with it. And now, you know, all of that's totally thrown in chaos again. And I'm left with wondering if I'm going to be able to do any of that, you know, again. Because like I said, I think on the last podcast, you know, if I have to move, I don't think I'll be able to take my console there, wherever that is. Because, you know, it's not safe or it's not, you know, people that know me. So I don't know, that seems like that might go out the window. And again, you know, it's been like a month since I've been able to play anything on my laptop where I go. So that's completely messed up as well. But hopefully everybody out there had an okay time and is not having trouble with your connection and life. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. So you wonder what your part is Cause you're homeless and depressed But home is where the heart is So your real home's in your chest Everyone's a hero in their own way Everyone's got villains they must face Now, part of my discussion on this sort of and you could buy, you know, more than one month to... The only other group of people I could think of who would prefer a box price plus monthly subscription fee are sort of the... But I really think it's not in the best interest of developers to look at, you know, a box fee plus... A... I think it's pretty cool. I like that. As people might note, I haven't both. As people been. As people might. Eh. Shut up! Will you shut up? Ah! Now we see the violence inherent in the system! Shut up! Oh! Come and see the violence inherent in the system! Help! Help! I'm being repressed! Bloody peasant! You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com If you like my page, 
You can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.